Hi everyone and welcome to this live trading webinar. I'm going to compress into 60 minutes everything that I can possibly teach you, not just what I can teach you, not just from all my international best-selling books. Yes, that's a humble, not a humble brag actually, published by the FT. All of that stuff in 60 minutes. You don't have to read the book, you don't even have to buy the books. My experience as a hedge fund manager over the last 15 years as well and I'm going to give you what I've learned from lessons in trading strategy from the world's leading traders. So you're going to get all of that as well in 60 minutes and some of my books to download as well, just for registering and attending. Uh, so this book was published by the Financial Times. I interviewed 10 of the world's leading traders. I'm going to compress all that into this webinar. Just put in the chat box that you can see me and hear me loud and clear, please because that tells me everything's all good to go. And also, let me know where you're from. I love to start the webinars with that, because then it gets your gets your blood flowing, gets your brain thinking. Uh, there should be a poll on the screen. If you can't see it, don't worry. But if there's a red box with three white dots, click on that, and that should open up the poll. And like I said, because we've got to do everything within 60 minutes, I've got to get a move on. So I'm going to be faster than I've ever, ever, ever been. Let's see if I can actually do that. Uh, grab a pen and paper, please, as well. As you can see from the number of double chins, that photo was taken some time ago. Nevertheless, I'm going to show you some live trades. And, well, I'm going to answer the question, who the hell's getting rich trading? Because we know whenever we look at all those retail uh, online trading platforms that 70 to 80% of people lose money. Okay? So who the heck are these other 20 to 30% who are making money trading uh, uh, and for me, trading, when I got into it, uh, and I trained as a barrister initially, speaking of which, join me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn, it's completely free to connect with me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I trained as a barrister initially, and the reason I wanted to get into trading is the same reason you're all here and everyone's signing on and giving a few seconds for people to get on board and fill the polling, is because I wanted the three Fs of life. Fun, being self-employed would give me fun, something I enjoy would give me fun, freedom, the self-employment that it gives me, uh, fulfillment, self-employed. I get to keep all the uh, rewards. I don't have to give anything to an employer, okay? Uh, and, well, I guess there's another uh, uh, F as well. Funds, funds, money, believe it or not, even as a barrister. Uh, I wasn't uh, uh, I wasn't as well paid as I thought I should be. So that's what trading gave me. So that's why we're here. Okay, the four Fs. Let's call it the four Fs of life. Like I said, join me on LinkedIn. Grab that pen and paper and let's get on with it. I'm going to show you some trades in a moment that we've got. We're going to look at everything. Don't worry about copying this screen for the moment. And I know I've rushed through it, but I will come back to that screen in detail. I'm going to look at Ethereum, Tesla, uh, Sterling US dollar, Euro dollar, PayPal, Apple, uh, Canadian dollar, FTSE. Uh, oil, gold, the works, okay? So I'm going to do that. Fantastic. We have got Donegal. I've heard of it. I've not been. I understand. It's probably one of the most beautiful places in Ireland. We've got people from North London, Essex, Nottingham, Surrey, Poshos, Sussex. And uh, from Zurich, Ganesh from Zurich in Switzerland, Louisville. So we've got some Australia, um, Australians, Americans as well. Fantastic. Welcome all. Manchester, fantastic. Okay. So giving a shout out to some of you there. Many more coming on. Don't worry. I'm going to make sure this is going to finish on time within 60 minutes. You will also want to grab uh, a phone so you can take photos of some of the slides because some of the slides won't appear on any replays because they're proprietary and I don't want them flashed around the internet for fear others steal them and so on and so forth. Scotland, Sweden, London, fantastic. Welcome one and all, fantastic. What this disclaimer says is, look, this isn't personal advice which I'm giving you. I can't give you personal advice because I don't know you personally. Also, uh, please don't go out and just gamble on the markets. All trading and investing is risky. This is education. So as to hopefully mitigate the risk, reduce the risk. Quick thing, as one of the people that I interviewed for this book said to me, David Kite said, and legendary floor trader in the UK. I've had Americans for interviewed in this book as well. Don't buy the book. I'll give you the best bits in this webinar. And you can see it there uh, uh, that these are the, the, the strategies we're going to talk about that they taught me. He said, we're here to make money. That's what he said to me. He just got to the point. Now, British people never normally do that. And I know I've got people from all around the world. And most of the people that I spoke to and interviewed for the book were American traders and big hedge fund traders. But I had some Brits. They don't normally say money because it's a dirty word. But I love the fact that he did. 
And yeah, that's what we're here for. We're going to here to learn about uh, making money, hopefully, but all trading is risky. Okay, it's not easy money. It is to put it another way, and you might want to write this down. It is the easiest hard money you will ever make. It is the easiest hard money you will ever make. Okay, that's what sadly trading is. Uh, okay, so it's it's not as easy as people often think. I want to make that absolutely clear. Now, watch to the end. I'm going to give you a number of free gifts because I want everybody who is on my webinars to be absolutely delighted. And the gifts I'm going to give you is not just a digital download of um, one of my books, but actually of several other important books on uh, trading that I think are really worth reading. So I'm going to give you those PDFs plus access to a whole bunch of videos that I've done to teach you in more depth some of the things that I'm doing here and some of the articles. Okay, so you're going to get a whole plethora of stuff, basically a library as big as that, that you won't ever need to go to another webinar ever again. Does that sound fair for just registering on this? I think that sounds pretty fair, guys, okay? Pretty high value. Now, the first thing, People are going to ask, why does trading look like gambling to 90% of losers? My wife said to me, when we first met, she said, Alpesh, you're a hedge fund manager. Isn't that just gambling? I thought, you know what? I've got to explain to her what it is. Why does trading look like Jeffrey Costa del Sol, 36 degrees? Would you mind leaving? You know, we don't need you in this webinar. You're just having too much fun. Uh, Edward from Pool, same as Costa del Sol, Pool. What I think is going to happen and what I do. Okay, and you can read it there. People say to me, oh, will inflation occur? Of course it will. This much money going to the markets? Will it persist? Yes, data, economic data, and I've got a degree in economics, suggests inflation does persist. It tends to persist. Uh, gold will rise? Yeah. Uh, oil will rise? Well, we're seeing that already. Okay, because there's increased GDP, 11% nominal GDP growth in the US forecast for next year. Stock market will rise? Yeah, nominal prices are going up. There's a lot of money going uh, into the market, but it'll be more volatile because a lot of rubbish that's coming, uh, money's going into. What about, what's your view on crypto? I think it's like modern art. What's your view on modern art? All right, that's my view on crypto. M many stocks are overvalued. Yes, so, and by the way, what am I gonna do? What I think does not influence the market, sadly. Of course it should, but it doesn't. Right, what I think is completely irrelevant to what's going to happen in the markets. What I do are going to be momentum trades. Remember, this webinar is about trading, not investing. Investing is holding things for twelve months for my pension. That's separate. That's completely different hat, different helmet. Okay, this is trading. The market may crash. That's what I think. It may well crash. I've got enough data to support it. it may crash equally. I think it'll soar. What does that mean? Well, it means I'm still going to be doing momentum trades. That's what I'm going to talk to you about in this webinar. So when I talk about Australian dollar or S&P, and I'm going to show you the trades we've got on at the moment, Amazon, Sterling, New Zealand dollar, Apple, all of that, well, on the trading side, it is momentum, okay? I'm not gambling or speculating on near-term news. What I might think in the short term is great when I'm you know, on the BBC talking about oil and whatever else, and saying this is where it's going to go, and they say, "Yeah, you're right." Oh, 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 that's got very little to do with how we might be trading. In actual fact, that was one of the rare occurrences where I said, "This is what we're trading," uh, uh, and I was on air to coincide with that. Normally, they'll ask my opinions. It's got nothing to do with trading. For instance, how much? Where do you think inflation will go? Well. That's got nothing to really to do with trading. It really hasn't because I'm not going to be speculating on my views on inflation. Equally, I suggest you don't try and outsmart the thousands of people at the at Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, the World Bank, IMF, and the Bank of England and think in your bedroom you're going to work out where inflation is going to go better than everybody else. You're not. That's why we're going to do momentum trading because we're going to ride their coattails, not try and get ahead of them. Right? If you want to try and get ahead of somebody, that's called speculation and gambling. You do that at Ladbrokes. If you want to ride somebody's coattails, that's called momentum trading and isn't gambling. Okay, uh, And we put in risk, uh, uh, risk parameters to make sure that if the market still goes against us, which it always can uh, and often does, that we don't lose too much. Okay, Alpesh, which sectors do you think will do well? Well, banks should because when uh, uh, inflation is high, bad debts reduce because people can pay off their debts a lot easier. Okay, real estate should go up, nominal price inflation, right? Big cap companies tend to do well when there's high inflation. The research data shows it. Therefore, big tech will do well. So what? That's got, so what? 
Okay, I've got to say to you, so what? I'm still going to do momentum trades. The dollar could fall. Look at all that debt. They're printing money. Gold will go. Yeah, so what? My opinions, so what? My opinion, so what? Momentum trades are what we're going to do regarding that, okay? Uh, as well. That's what we're going to do. Jamie, I'm, I'll answer that question, Tony, uh, in the Q&A part, but thank you. And do people feel free to ask questions now or a bit later because it'll be easier for me to see them because otherwise your questions will get pushed to the bottom of my list, which I will return to. I promise to stay until all the questions are answered. This is actually what trading looks like. I'm sorry to say, look, I wish it wasn't like this. I wish it was, but I could tell you that what these guys told me, the world's leading traders, and I'll introduce you to some of them in a second on here. I wish, I wish what they told me is, oh, we have a crystal ball, Alpesh, and let me tell you how we got rich. We have this secret formula, and if you copy the secret formula, you too will get rich. Okay, it's not what they said. What they said is we don't have a crystal ball. We make sure we don't have big losses, and this is their trading profile. Every single successful hedge fund or private investor I've seen who's got more than three trades under their belt, of course, so they've got you know, enough data to make it valid, not just one lucky trade. This is what it looks like. The number of trades or percentage of trades on the left and which are the big winners, small losses, small wins, big wins. Hey, that's rubbish. That's rubbish. I met somebody on the internet who said to me, they've got an approach which makes them right every single time. Okay, or Alpesh, if you're so good and you talk to us about your books and you're bragging about this, that and the other, how come you don't only pick big winners? It's not just me. Nobody only picks big winners. If I did, I would own all the money in the world if I had a shiny little crystal ball. Neither I nor anybody else. And don't just take my word for it. Don't just take the word of the world's league trades. I'm not showing you this so you go out and buy it because I get a pound in royalties from a book which retails at £25. Thanks, Financial Times. But anyway, I'll give you the best bits of the book in this and through the freebies I'm going to give you at the end of the webinar. The Unless you accept this, you're not going to success, succeed at trading. Unless you get this, the way money's actually made perversely is by avoiding big losses. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to specifically do that? Give me the process, Alpesh. Give me the business plan. Give me the step by step, which is what I'll do. This is this is generic. I'll give you the specifics in a second and how we do it. You may want to copy how we do it, or you might want to copy other ways. All right, uh, of doing it, you might want to amend it to yours. You might want to change it. doesn't matter to me however you use the information I'm going to give you and the processes uh, I give it. Some could do it wholeheartedly, both feed in. Others say, no, I'll take a bit of that and a bit of this and I'll do it my way. Right? So when we enter a trade, we don't actually know. We always assume they're going to be big ones. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got in. Right? But we don't know. And I want you to write this down as well. 80% of your profits as a trader will come from 20% of your trades. 20% of your trades will be responsible for 80% of your profits. If you don't understand that, write it down and think about it later. And I'll show you why. 80% of your profits will come from 20% of your trades. Okay. Now, what are the different types of traders? Let's just narrow this down. Okay. And I've shown you this before. You've got the person who says, like, the price is, say, at 100. All right. The price is, say, roughly at 100 over here at 100. And they say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take profit at 200 and I'll put a stop loss at 80. That will only lose you money. If you don't believe me, do it yourself. That will lose you money. Do it yourself. Do it as an experiment. Do 100 trades like that, and I guarantee you it will lose you money. How do I know this? Well, you see those books over the shoulder? We did a shed load of research. My Financial Times columns, I've illustrated these experiments because they're great experiments to do when you're writing a column in a paper about trading, Okay. So that's one problem. So you might say, well, what are the other ways people are losing? Because if you know how people are losing money, then surely all that's left is how to make it, right? What's the other ways? And remember, I said about 75% of retail traders lose money. I didn't say that. The FCA did. Look at any retail broker. They have to disclose it in big writing. What percentage of their clients lose money? It's usually about 75%. Okay. Some it's 70, some it's 80. Let's average it at 75. Okay. Three quarters of their clients lose money, uh, one quarter make money. That's actually not bad odds because 90% of all businesses in whichever sector they're in go bankrupt within three years. So actually trading's not bad as an entrepreneurial venture. And I want you to write that down. It is an entrepreneurial venture. I think it is. I think it's the ultimate entrepreneurial venture. No staff, work from home. Sound familiar? Okay. No warehouses, no delivery costs, no am I going to get paid? 
right? No logistics, no insurance, none of that. So that's why I love it. And as you'd expect, it's the harder capitalism. What about this? This is another way. What they do is just tighten the figures. They make their stop losses small, so they don't ever make big losses. However, try the experiment. You will still lose money. You might think, that can't be right. How can you? Because your stop loss will get hit all the time. So we've got a problem there uh, uh, with the stop loss. You might say, oh, get rid of the stop loss. Who needs that? Things always come back, Alpesh. Just look at the market. Things always come back. So you'll find markets on the internet will say to you, what you do is shoot for the moon. You'll get this. And one or two of those will work. One or two. The problem is you'll have too many bad ones in the pot as well. It's like going to a casino, putting everything on red, winning. Do you ever stop at that? Of course not. Nobody's ever stopped at that. You keep going until hmm, you got no money left. It's the only rational thing to do. Nobody ever went in, won, and then left ever in the history of casinos. This is what a typical casino gambler does when it comes to trading, all right? And we're not going to do that as well, all right? We're not going to do that as well. And I'll explain in a second what our holding periods are going to be. And what we found optimally is they're usually about one to three days. Now, the reason for that is this. If it's shorter than that, then the market moves tend to be too small. Uh, to, you know, to justify our time. And because they're too small, we'd have to increase the amount of money we put in, which would, and higher turnover of trades. And that would mean we'd have to find more quality trades, which might not exist. Equally, if the holding period's longer, let's take an extreme example, a mil, uh, you know, 10 years. Well, what, you're gonna lock up your money for 10 years? So there's an optimal turnover period for profitability, and I'll show you the maths on this. I love mathematics. So I'll show you the maths on it in the business plan section in a second. Why it's one to three days. Now, you might argue the toss, that's fine. But I'm just saying what we found works well. doesn't mean the other times don't work. It's just for us, okay? And my background was retail. Remember, trained as a barrister, then trading on my own account full-time, then set up the hedge fund. So my background has been retail. So everything that I've done and built has been from that background you know if i was a nuclear physicist i would have been a quant trader but i'm not so my background isn't that so i haven't done it that way the other way then traders do is they, they look at all these ways they think i've got another way i'll pay i'm going to trade i'm going to be a scalper okay now this is the kind of person who's lost money and uh, has probably paid about 10 grand to some trading college by the way if on the internet you ever hear the words trading next to the words college, university, school, or academy, close the page, right? I went to a proper university. Just because somebody sticks school, academy, institute, trading institute, trading academy, trading school, trading university, right? you got to think, why are they trying to make themselves sound bigger than they are, right? It's a problem. Uh, and it's proliferating on the internet at the moment. So scalpers, they think this again, do this experiment if you wish, do 100 trades. 80 of them, they'll make you ecstatic, Right, they will hit your dopamine buzz straight away because you will wait. Because look, the the you know the price is at a hundred or whatever the price is, and you just put that five percent higher, and it's going to keep getting hit by market volatility. You know what's going to happen? Even though it's going to get hit by market volatility, you're going to get a few big losers, and you'll end up at a loss. Try this as an experiment: a hundred trades. I mean, don't come to me when you've lost money and say, "Oh God, you were right, Alpesh." I've lost a load of money. Thank you for teaching me how to lose money. No, right? What all trading is and what we're going to focus on is this, right? Let's say the price is at 100. Let's say it's got equal probability of going up or down. We're trying to go from that equal probability, right? Equal probability to try and just shifting it a little bit in our favor, a tiny little bit in our favor so that we're getting slightly more winning trades than losing trades. Actually, 60-40 would be wonderful, but we're not even going to look to do that. Right? Well, Harpish, why can't you just keep getting all the correct trades? We came on this webinar because you were going to tell us about inflation and gold and oil, and then we were going to double down on whatever your view was. Really? That would be pretty crazy gambling, speculative stuff to do. If I was going to tell you, I can bore the pants off you on macroeconomics, but that's not going to make you money. We're talking practical making money. When I applied to university and I was sitting in the interview with my economics tutor at Oxford, he said to me, you do know economics is not going to help you become a trader because he knew what I wanted to do in life. I, wanted, I told him, then I want to be a trader uh, and set up my own fund. And he said, you know, the economics won't help. And I said, no, I've worked that out already. Economics doesn't help at all with trading. Okay. Uh, ask David Kite, one of the legendary traders. By the way, Bill Lipschitz, Global Head of Foreign Exchange Trading at Salomon Brothers, world's largest Forex trader, uh, hedge fund manager of the architecture. 
That was his degree. What the hell did that have to do with economics? Nothing. It's got nothing to do with economics. Okay. So it's not about how smart you are. It's just about the ability to follow a process. In fact, it helps if you're a bit dim. Uh, Warren Buffett said that about investing, but it does. IQ gets in the way of making money very often. If you don't believe me, just look at the clever people who don't have much money. 60-40 is what we're going to go for. So how do we do that? Well, that's momentum. That's the little edge we're going to look for. And my wife asked me, not recently, it was about two or three years ago, said, you know what I think people want to know? How much money can they make? And I said, well, that's a bit crass. But I said, mm, yes, you're right. So she asked me to explain it to her. And it was great. So I'm going to copy it and show you it here. So I explained it to her. I thought, you know, we've got a little student here. Let's say you do 20 trades in a month for argument's sake, okay? And you might say, well, I can't do more. Because let me tell you something. There isn't actually a direct correlation between you spanking that keyboard and money going into your bank account. There isn't a direct correlation. Don't do any trades. Of course, you'll make no money. Do a billion trades. Of course, you'll make no money. You'll make big losses. But in the middle, there's a sweet spot. It's all like an N curve or a bell curve, right? So let's say we're going to do quality over quantity, I'm afraid. I wish it was that you could just keep banging that keyboard. I'd get some student in here to just keep on trading like mental. It doesn't work that way because there's only a limited number of quality trades, okay? So let's say you do 20 uh, uh, this month, right? And let's say you happen to win 60% of those trades. Just bear with me on the numbers. They're over-optimistic, but bear with me. Remember, a coin is 50-50. So that's 12 trades. 60% times 20 is 12 trades okay uh and that leaves you with 12 winning trades obviously let's say you make 45 pips or points many of you said you spread about cfds some of you are doing futures options some of you are doing others maybe cash uh whatever but let's just call it pips or points right or pence or dollars doesn't matter what you call it right you make 45 pips when you win and 45 when you lose we're going to keep it really simple we're not going to say oh you make you go a billionaire each time you get my magic uh, crystal ball formula so you've got 12 winning trades out of 20. You've got eight losing trades. So you've got a net four winning trades. And you've therefore netted four times 45 pips, which is 180 pips. That's your net gain in that month, okay? So how would you make $1,000? That's what my wife, asked, my wife asked me. She goes, I think what they all want to know is how do you make 1000 Because obviously, if you teach people how to make 1000 then they can make two. If they can make two, they can make four. But we know the markets aren't guaranteed. It's not a bank account. And we know 70% of people lose money. Okay, so how do you make a thousand given that all that I've said? Well, the first thing I said to her, what you need to think about is what if you have three consecutive losing trades? I mean, even a coin throws heads uh, uh, or tails rather three times in a row or more. Okay, and I said, well, let's just look at it. How do you make uh, a thousand? What if you have three consecutive losing trades? If you have three consecutive losing trades of 45 points, you'd lose 135 points, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course, that's just simple math. That simple math, you would lose 145, uh, sorry, 135 points, okay? What if you only want a maximum 20% loss if you have three consecutive losses? You've got to have some kind of maximum loss. You're not, you're not made of money. There's going to be some maximum you need to set. So you might say to yourself, look, if I have three losing trades, I don't want to be down more than 20%. By the way, that's too much risk. But I'll come to all these numbers in a second. They're over-optimistic. Uh, they're skewed towards optimism, i.e. big risk. High reward. We're gonna we're gonna really ratchet that down in a second. Ratchet that down in a second. Okay. So, uh, what if you only want maximum twenty percent after three? Well, that means twenty percent of one k is two hundred dollars. So you can only lose two hundred dollars after three trades. So forty five. So one hundred thirty five points must mean that that's two hundred dollars lost. Okay, bit complicated. Take a photo if you need. Then each trade should be $200 divided by 130. That means $1.50 per point or per pip. Yeah, all brokers, whether it's a stock broker, you can translate the language into if the share moves one pence or $1, how much am I making or losing? And you can work it out, one, 1. 1.5. That's how much we're doing. And we can go through this math a bit later, but it's pretty straightforward. So $180 pips profit, remember, that was the net profit times $1.50, because that's your trade size, would at the end of the month, should mean, should mean, if our hypothetical over-optimistic example is correct, should mean $270 in profit in the month, shouldn't it? Okay, so this is my way of answering the question to my wife. So I said, therefore, you should need four months to make that $1,000. You should need four months to make that $1,000. 
If you double the risk, in other words, you said, well, I'll do $3 a point, way too much. There's people out there telling you to do $3 a point. You know why they get kickbacks from brokers? Because they'll tell you, oh, do $3 a point, but you've got to use one of our brokers, suspiciously. And then that broker gives them a kickback for when you lose all your money to that broker. Because brokers are no longer like estate agents matching buyers and sellers. Brokers are like casinos. They take the other side of the bet and take your money because they know 70% they'll lose money, especially if they're using... Uh, her dodgy services, people pushing $3 a point, even $1 a point, a £1 a point uh, is too much risk when you're starting with a novice because they're going to lose the money. And before they know it, they're down 10 grand and the broker's taken it. So risk warnings to you all. Okay, $3, then you could be down two times 20%. That's 40% though. You won't be down 20%, you'll be down 40%. You might say, well, that's fine. I'll be, I'm happy with that if you had three consecutive losing trades. But on this, you could make that $1,000 in two months, which of course sounds lovely. But what if you don't get three consecutive losing trades? What if it takes longer? What if you don't get 60% winning trades? Okay. The whole point of this is we can play with those numbers and say, well, actually, I'm not going to take four months. I'm willing to take two months and risk it. Or I'm willing to take eight months. The point is this. I don't want you to rush it. I actually don't want you to take less time. I want you to trade with smaller sums of money. You know why? Because it's a skill like driving. Once you get the skill right and not worry about the money part, get the skill right. Then if you can make a thousand, you can make two. If you can make two, you can make four. If you can make four, you can make eight. You can worry about the amount of money you're going to make. So people say to me, oh, oh, how much money can I start with? How much should I start with? I'm like, are you in a rush to crash and lose all your money? No, we want to learn that skill. And you might tell us you're so boring and conservative and so with a small c. Uh, it's so dull. We just want to plow in. Actually, I don't want you to lose money. 70% of people lose money. I, I want you to go around saying, hey, went to that Arpish webinar. You know what? What are you taught me? Yeah, I'm not losing money. That's what I want. Uh, quick thing, right at the end of this webinar, um, in the last 10 minutes, probably even less than 10 minutes, uh, because I'm compressing this webinar. Um, can I tell you something that my hedge funds launched? It's some technology we've launched. And what we want to do with it is we want to get a bunch of people behind it. Then we want to venture capital investments into it. Then we want to float it. And you might say, why would hedge funds launch technology? Well, they always have. Jeff Bezos is a hedge fund manager who launched Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Guess why? Well, if our hedge fund doesn't become a billion dollar hedge fund, hopefully our fintech will. And that's our ambitions. I want to tell you about our billion dollar potential fintech uh tech right at the end you don't have to stay for that but i'm asking your permission now so you don't think oh, he talked about himself at the end the bastard he ruined my life these are headlines these are recent headlines algo trading dominates 80 percent of the stock market we're going to have to whatever strategy we use we're going to have to be aware of the fact that bizarre stock moves leads traders scratching heads remember what i said at the moment oh inflation is going to do this and this is going to do this do you ever wonder oh, hang on that doesn't make sense inflation is going to go up how come the market went the other way? That company had bumper profits. How come the stocks fell? How come the index didn't rise today and it did yesterday? Right? That's because momentum. What's momentum? Well, it's usually algorithms which are looking for trends. That's all it is. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to ride those coattails and look to find those trends. We certainly know those blooming trends exist. And if you want to know what I mean by um, those trends exist. So we've just had a signal and we're just placing this trade now so you can watch it throughout the call. Uh, Euro dollar, this is the 15 minute bar. So each one of these bars is 15 minutes. All this data is free, okay? I try and pick things which are free for retail clients. I don't want you paying for stuff. I don't want you paying for software. I don't want you paying for data. This is free, okay? And we'll talk about how you can get it for free. For many brokers, many brokers offer this, all right? Uh, that was a short, that's out, and now that's the long on Euro dollar. Now, I don't care. Like I told you earlier on, I don't care whether it's Euro dollars, or whether it's Amazon stock or the NASDAQ or the S&P or oil or gold. Because when I go to Starbucks and pay for my overpaid latte, they don't say, where did you earn your money? Oh, it was on gold. That's okay, Mr. Patel. Oh, no, you earned it on euros. Can't take your money, right? I'm like a supermarket. I don't give a damn what I'm selling as long as I'm buying low, selling high, or selling high, buying low. That was a short trade. So you're selling higher and buying back lower. Here, you're buying low, selling high. So that's just happening now. So we can keep an eye on it. Okay, there's a whole bunch of others I'm going to come to in the course of this webinar. Those are just simple algorithms trying to follow trends. And despite all of that know-how, all of that data, all of that information, guess what? Every single trade isn't winning. Remember I said that? Let's just have a look, just so you know the proof. Okay, that's Amazon. Very popular. Okay, trends happen. We know they bloody happen. Thank you very much, Amazon. Thank you for this, which has been going on for a few days. My favorite time frame is 15 minutes, 30 and one hour. Okay. Uh, uh, cause we're trading. 
right? So we want to try and get that gain. Thank you very much. Now, was that because I read a bunch of newspapers, uh, journalist reports, some kind of insider information? Jeff called me up and said, hey, I'm going to resign. You know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, the price will go up. No, it had nothing to do with that. It was because we were looking for the trends. So how do we find them? That's the first question I'm going to answer next. How do we find those trends? And notice, we don't find bottoms. We didn't get in there. I don't have a time machine or a crystal ball, and neither does any other hedge fund manager. So when people go, oh, I've got some clever little system, and they draw all these crazy lines and all their Elliott waves and everything else and their Fibonacci numbers and, and their astrology, and it's, you know, it's the, the sun's in Uranus, and therefore uh, the stock will rise. Okay, BS, right? We don't get in at the bottom. We get in after. How do we find that? How do we find that? And look at this. That trade went nowhere. I went nowhere. Thank you very much. That one pretty much went nowhere. Call that zero return. Call that zero return. Because look, but that makes up for it. That's how it is. That's the real world. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish Amazon would only go up and up and up because it could have saved me a hell of a lot of bloody time. But it doesn't just go up and up and up and up, sadly. Otherwise, I and all the other Amazon shareholders with the richest people, oh, well, one of them is, Richest people in the world, okay? So you might say, well, why didn't you stay out of it and go into something else? We did. That's why we don't just look at one set of instruments. That's why we have to look at multiple instruments instead. We have to look at multiple instruments. We scan these, and I'm going to tell you, you're not spending all day in front of the screen. Because what we found is people who spend all day in front of the screen do a lot of rubbish, low-quality trades. And their return on time invested looks rubbish. So if you want to be in front of the screen all day because you want to say to your spouse, oh, darling, I'm really busy, don't talk to me and take the children away, make some other excuse. But don't say it's because you need to be in front of the trading screen because you don't. All right? Um, you scan it. 15 to 20 minutes a day, we're going to pick one quality trade a day. Why Why such low numbers? Why can't I be sitting in front of the screen all day long and just banging on the keyboard? The maths doesn't work out. The business plan stinks. Return on time invested. Unless your time is worthless, then fine, sit in front of the screen all day long. But if you've got better things to do, like children, grandchildren, then I don't recommend it. 20 minutes a day scan. So how are we going to do this? How do we find those entries and what are we finding them in? Uh, and now that we've got a reality check of how many people lose, uh, and the fact that most people are confused uh, and therefore to avoid those problems, how we're going to go about it. Well, this is what it's going to look like. OK, all good traders, right, whether they're you or me or anybody else, I'm afraid they get access to the same data. There isn't a separate set of data for uh, of stock of euro pounds or Amazon share prices for uh, George Soros. He doesn't get a special bargain deal. OK, uh, other than, you know, a micro tiny little bit because he's using a different broker but you know that's not going to make a difference to you the price he gets is going to make a one pence difference to you right in billions it might make a difference but what do you care about that right so given that we all get the same data right and we've only got two decisions to make when to buy when to sell right the same data when to buy when to sell right how come 70 percent still f it up and lose money right now you see this Trader one, let's assume all these people get in at the same point. Trader one makes 500 pounds. Trader two is wealthy. He makes 5,000 because he traded a larger size. Professional fund manager on the same trade, gets the same data as you do, gets 200,000 pounds on it. And trader four, maybe it's the Soros or whoever, makes a billion because they've got more money. That's what we want to do. We want to we remove the information gap. So, you know, like I said, this data is free, freely available from many brokers, that kind of platform. So that's the first thing. We can remove that. So then the next thing is, well, if that's the case, then we just the, the only problem we have differentiating us from them will be the amount of capital in the management. And that's a personal problem. So let's make sure the problem isn't that we don't know how to trade, that we don't know the strategies and the skills and the tactics. And the reason 70% lose money, and I've got enough books I've written to have researched this, because I wanted to know why do retail clients not make money or 70% don't make money, is because they don't do the right stuff, basically, uh, when it comes to this type of trading, which I think is the easiest, simplest one, which is momentum trading. There's many other types of trading. I'm not going to suggest you do any of those, okay? Um, surely, if you can grab... Right, so Alfredo has asked, any particular reason for applying 15-minute bar? Yes, I'll show you the maths behind the returns uh, towards the end, but I will come to that. Surely, if you can grab 100, you can grab 1,000, you can grab 1,000, grab two, okay? And surely, if a coin is 50-50, we can try and eke it a bit so we're a bit better than a coin. So how are we going to solve those two problems? And that's what I'm going to share with you. And you might say, well, wait a minute, why would you share this? 
Why on earth would you share this? Occasionally people say, why would you share this? Well, look, it's not the Coca-Cola recipe. It's not the KFC recipe. I'm not the first. They shared it with me anyway, okay? They taught me a whole bunch of stuff. They're not the only ones. Others have. Sharing strategies is not the scarce resource. If you want a strategy, go to Oxford University Maths Department. You'll find people who will give you trading strategies. The scarce resource is money. Strategies has never been it. Okay, strategies has never been it. When we analyzed for yet another book, the reason I keep mentioning the books is not because I need the one pound in royalties. The reason I mention the books is so you know it's been published and that it's been reviewed and all the rest of it. So what we found, and I'll just summarize it. Take a photo if you wish, and I'm going to run through this really quickly. What we found with the losers uh, uh, and what they were doing wrong compared to the, the few who are profitable, we analyzed the data, anonymous data from brokers. Okay, it's a bit like, you know, the NHS testing app and they give the anonymous data to scientists and say, right, what are you finding? Well, we did the same thing with this. I mean, that's how data and research works. And what we found, one of the critical things we found is that the losers had a narrow group of products they were focused on. They were just obsessed with oil or gold or the FTSE or a particular stock, right? Whereas the profitable ones chose from a wide array, but focused on a few quality trades, a few quality trades, Okay. That was one of the critical factors. Now, the other facts I've sort of mentioned, and you can read them at your leisure. So who are these people who are doing momentum trading? And how do we know when to enter? Because I've got to answer that next, right? And how do we know when to exit? I've got to answer that next. I'm going to simplify it for you. And you'll notice with a lot of this, I've simplified so much. I've removed so much stuff. I've removed your need to read magazines or listen to journalists or outthink uh, Goldman Sachs or read macroeconomics or get a degree in it. Now, you could trade doing all those ways if you want to, but I'd rather not. So I've removed all of those ways. So we're going to keep it simpler. Who are the trend followers, the, the momentum traders? Well, these are some of the biggest names. And by the way, my favorite, John W. Henry, might not be yours uh, because he owns Liverpool Football Club. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but he, uh, he's invested in Britain. Okay, and I'm British. Uh, also a favorite, Man Group. They all do the same thing. They're looking to get on the back of exactly the same trends. All right, they're all getting in. Now, wait a minute, Alpesh. Hang on, what about things like Ethereum? Well, they're probably not, although there's an article today that they're getting even into um, uh, into crypto. And by the way, the advantage of getting into crypto is these trends tend to work a little bit better um, with those because there isn't as much um, banks fighting over and, and messing things up and one going short, one going long. Um, so these guys are riding the same coattails. So for all I know, John W. Henry today has gone long on Amazon. Okay, because he's right. They're riding each other's coattails. That's right. I'll let you into a secret. Rich people copy what other rich people do. I suspect. Okay, uh, David Harding, because he's British. He was a professor, math professor at Cambridge University. Um, and okay, okay, so they all do the same thing. This is from Winton Capital, which is David Harding's hedge fund. And they've got about $350 billion under management. This is one of their slides. It's not mine. Don't kill me for it. It's not mine. Oh, but those are bloody silly. Okay, the trend starts here. Okay, as I showed you with Amazon, uh, they buy here. Now, you might say, why don't they buy here? Well, because it might continue falling. Why don't they buy there? Because they don't have a time machine or a crystal ball, so they buy here. So how do we know when to buy? How do we know when to sell? And we're not bottom fishing. We're not top predicting. We're trend following, and that's enough. We're not greedy. That's enough money. So the person who taught me this, one of the key people uh, was Bill Lipschitz, that guy, global head of foreign exchange trading at Salomon Brothers. He was in that book uh, that the FT published of mine, and that's how I really got into trading. I had to meet the world's leading traders, because if you're going to do this for the rest of your life, you better meet the world's leading traders. Otherwise, what the hell? You're wasting your money and your life. So that was my ambition. So in the late 90s, I met him. He, David Kite, Bernard Oppity, John Najar, and a whole bunch of them. And they taught me I was in my late 20s. And they all knew why I came to see them and, and was because, well, what would you do if you were in your late 20s and you were in front of the world's largest trader? Because he was global head of Forex at Salomon's. His chairman, by the way, at the time was uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, well, and I never met Warren. Uh, what would you do? Well, you, you, you'd ask them, how'd you get rich, mate? That's what I did. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And he said to me, look, the best thing for you to do as a private investor is momentum trading. And I've always done that ever since because... Hey, because he told me, because that's the background I came from. I didn't have a PhD in nuclear physics, like I said. Momentum trading. What's momentum trading? That means we're that guy. And that's what a lot of the big hedge funds do. They're that guy. Now, I'm not saying there's not other ways to trade. There's, I don't know, merger arbitrage. 
But momentum trading is what we're going to do. Statistical arbitrage. There's all sorts of clever things. But let's keep life simple. Let's just make money. Let's not make it complicated. Let's not make making money hard. Let's just make money. Okay? Um, that's who we are. We're that guy who's riding the coattails. Now, who's moving the market? Well, the person moving the market might be, I don't know, Goldman Sachs, whatever whatever bank that is. We do not want to be trying to guess which direction they're going to go in. That's the gambler. And that's where 70% of people end up. Okay, because they'll go, oh, which, which way do you, what do you think is going to happen with gold? And then, because they want to do that, they want to gamble. It is human nature to want to gamble. It sadly is. It's just something perverse about humans. Nobody likes to be, oh, what did you do? Oh, I just copied somebody else. You know, the richest people in the world will tell you, what do you do? Oh, I just copied somebody or something that was working. Don't get me wrong. I just copied. I wish I was an Isaac Newton. I'm not. I wish I could be that original. I'm an Einstein. I'm not. Or a William Shakespeare. Sadly not. Like most people, I'm just going to copy what works. And that'll do me. Thank you very much. Okay? Uh, and that's what that was. So let's get on with it. And let me show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like I showed you already with the Amazon trade, there are some trades that go nowhere. Look, went nowhere, went nowhere, went nowhere. Oh, but you're rubbish. Hmm. I don't want that. I want the guy who promised me that every single trade of his is magically always right. Well, I'll tell you the truth. They'll tell you lies. Okay, so we get in there. Now, here's what trading is about. And write this bit down or copy this screen because I'm probably not going to keep this in the repeat. Selma, okay? And I want you to write this down as well. Winners add to winners, losers add to losers. Right, so what is this? What is this telling us? That in summary is what we do and what the best traders do and what I suggest you do. Okay, so let me explain. Selma stands for stop losses, entry, because we need to know where to put the stop, where to enter, limit or take profit. Are we going to use that? No, I'll keep it simple for you. Mind, trading psychology, we want to make sure that we've got a process and an algorithm so we don't rely on our minds, which will, which will cause us to have losses. Money management, Okay, we make sure we start with the smallest positions we possibly can to begin with. Only when we're consistently profitable do we increase that. And I'll give you a business plan for the money management in a second. And A is for adding to winners. All right. Now, how do we know when to enter? I will come to that in a second. The things I want you to take away from this image are these. And this is what we found consistent with the 30% that were winning. And what we found consistently was the case with the best hedge funds in momentum trading, okay? Not investment funds, that's different. We're doing momentum trading, multi-billion dollar hedge funds and what private investors who were winning were considering. This is, I'm just following the data. I'm following the data. I'm only telling you what happened. Now, this went counter to everything I believed. I thought when I was a student that they would tell me, oh, Arpish, we just have the secret formula and this is how we make money. You know, it wasn't. And independently of each other, they kept, coming up with the same bloody stuff. You know, they put the wording differently. So let me tell you what it was, okay? Um, that's the entry point. I'll come to how do we get that then, Alpesh. But let's start with the exit first, the stop loss, right? That was the stop loss. How did they come to that stop loss? That's the first thing I want to cover, okay? And they were so focused on risk and not losing money and not having big losses, right? How did they come to that figure? Virtually all of them had two things with their stop losses, volatility-based stop loss, volatility-based position sizing. However you're trading at the moment, this will improve your trading, okay? What does that mean? That meant the more volatile the market, the further away the stop loss, volatility-based stop loss. The less volatile, closer the stop loss. Alpesh, but how do you measure volatility? Volatility is these bars moving up and down. And you might say, well, wait a minute, how am I still going to measure it? Well, you take the average of those, maybe over the preceding, I don't know, 14 periods, and you might say, I'll put the stop loss two and a half times away or two and three quarter times away from that so I don't get stopped out by noise. Okay. What number is it? Is it 2.75, 2.75, 1, 6, 7, 8, 9, 2? doesn't matter. It's the principle. Okay. If you just put it within noise, you're going to get stopped by noise. If you put it too far away, you'll lose your shirt. So... Volatility-based stop loss. But Alpa, surely if the stop loss is further away because the market's more volatile, we lose more money because the stop loss is further away. No. Volatility-based position sizing means you proportionately reduce the position size so you don't risk losing more money. The ingenious thing about that is it's a bespoke stop loss for every market condition and every product. And here's the other beauty. If the market's more volatile, you're not risking losing more money. Genius. Okay. I didn't think of it. I just stole what they were doing and it made a massive difference to me. But Alpish, that's just one half of the equation. We still need to went to enter. We do. And what the hell's that dotted line? Is that your take profit? No. Why would I ever take profit? Why would I cap my profits? What the hell's wrong with you? You work this hard to find oil, you know, in the ground. And they say, I'll put a cap on that and I'll go dig somewhere else. 
Why do you want to work hard? Okay, so we don't cap our profits. Winners add to winners. I didn't say that either. Okay, I didn't say that. Another famous, Paul Tudor Jones said it, famous hedge fund manager. And he said, losers add to losers. So what he's doing there is, and that dotted line is a mirror reflection from the entry to the green line as that is there. They're a mirror reflection. There, you're adding to your winners. Now, why would you do that? And that's a more advanced strategy. If you're a total beginner, you'll just put a fixed stop loss there and a fixed take profit there because you're a beginner. If you're intermediate level, you will have your stop loss, which moves up stepped, not dynamic. Write that down. I can discuss all of these things in the Q&A, okay, to go up there. And you won't have a, you won't add to your winners. If you're advanced, you'll add to your winners and you'll have a step stop loss. So when do you know when to get out? Well, when your step stop loss gets hit. So if it goes up here and then the market pulls back, this step stop loss will have gone up. How much do you add? You can pyramid in. So you might add half a position more as you did when you entered or double the size position or none. You might just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to just keep it as it is. Why do they add to their winners? Because it allows them to start small in case it turns out to be a losing trade so they don't lose too much. But also then they're risking profits, not their capital in order to make more money. Understood? That's right. Now I've gone through that pretty quickly, but Hopefully you'll have understood a fair bit of it and we can go back on it on the Q&A. So like with all trading, only three things, well, four things, A, B, C, D. A is the entry, which I'm going to come to. Okay. B is the stop loss, volatility based and volatility position sizing. And I'll explain why. C is the point where winners add to winners, but that's more advanced, right? Take a photo of that if you wish. D, are the trades that are going to go wrong? I'm sorry. If you came here thinking that everything always works and goes right, uh, simply not the case. Okay. Um, and let's have a look at some of the positions. So these are positions we've got open at the moment. Uh, and I've done some of these specifically for the webinar. And you saw the S&P fell great. So we made a bit on that one, made a bit on, then it bounced back. And you might say, oh, but look, you have to give up some of your profits. Yeah, I know. What can you do? Okay. And then now it's going long. So we're still long on that one. Um, I'll come back to some of the others. Ethereum is a long position at the moment, as I showed you. Has that got anything to do with my views on Ethereum? No. It's another thing to sell. It could have been toilet roll for all I care. That's the mindset, okay? That's the mindset. So entries, how do we do entries in the closing part of the webinar? And the most important part, how to measure the strength and momentum? Well, you measure how close to the high the price closes in that period. Why? Said who, Alpesh? Well, Bill Lipschitz did. He was teaching me all of this because he said to me, well, here's one way. It's only one way. It's not the only way, okay? How do we measure momentum of a trend? How do we ride those coattails? He said, if you look at how high the price closes, to the high, that suggests there's momentum, there's buying pressure, whether it's 15 minute, 30 minute pass. When I said, what am I supposed to do? Sit there with a the magnifying glass, don't be stupid. How can I just measure that? And he said, no. Um, and why should that work? And there's many different ways of measuring momentum. There's the price closing near the high, there's higher lows, there's higher highs. He said, the reason is, the reason is, and nothing ever works all the time, but there's an increased probability to switch it from 50-50, just move the needle enough in your favor. I said, how am I supposed to measure this? I'm not, remember I was a student at the time when I met it. I said, I'm not rich. I can't afford, you know, expensive softwares to work this out or hire people to calculate these things. He said, look, because you're just a student, what you'll have to do is just use free tools, magic to my ear, magic to my sounds to my ear when people say free, free tools, which are already available on the internet. And what you'll have to do, I'm just going to keep an eye on some of these uh, positions. Um, bum, 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 bum. I'm on WhatsApp with my assistant because, uh, so there we go. Um, that's a short on Australian dollar, Japanese yen. That's come off a little bit. Uh, I'll show you some of the trades which haven't worked out. Um, that's sterling Canadian dollar, which is great. But earlier on, not so great. That's reality. What can you do? Not so great. There you go. <clears throat> Took us down, ended up, brought us back to where we were. Thanks a lot. Okay. But you'll notice the winners pay for any of the losers. The losers stay small. The winners should be big. By definition, we can't have big losing winners, uh, big losers because of the stop loss rule and only losers add to losers. Uh, so he did that and he said, what you're going to have to do is look at multiple indicators to measure momentum. And one of those indicators might measure higher lows, another higher highs, others is the price closing near the high. And I said, well, what are these free tools? He said, well, and, and if they're free and they're widely available, why can't everybody use them? He said, well, you're going to use them in a different way to how the public uses them. First of all, he said, you're going to use multiple indicators. Okay, so write this down. You're not just going to use one. The public tends to use one indicator. Okay, secondly, to measure momentum. Secondly, you're not going to use them the way the textbooks do. Okay, uh, you're not going to use them the way textbooks do. Uh, Ash asks, how does one know which is the quality trade? That's the bit I'm covering now, Ash. Okay. So he said, what we're going to do to find those quality trades where to enter multiple indicators to show momentum, 
Not the way the textbooks do, and I'll explain what that is in a second. He said, you're going to have to look at multiple time frames. So I'll show you what he taught me. You might use this information and find your own indicators. Create your own. Tell somebody else to create them for you, whatever. But you can use what we do. We have 10 strategies in our hedge fund. This is uh, the oldest one and the first one, which came from uh, Bill and meeting him. Multiple time frames, because if there's momentum in the short term time frame and there's momentum in the next time frame along, then there's an increased probability of a bigger move, increased probability of a bigger move. And that's the sweet spot, increased probability of a bigger move. And thirdly, he said, you need PR. OK, which I'll tell you what that is in a second. And PC, I'll just explain what that is in a second. Now, this is the point where people mess it up. They listen to this bit and they think, I've got it. Multiple indicators. Woo, I'm off idiots okay it's not you can't use them the way the textbooks are so explain to me how and also you can't just rely on that it's got to be multiple time frames confirming and finally this bit and the third bit was probably the most important which i'll come to in a second that's the most important most people don't listen to this okay so he said find indicators which are freely available in retail and I said, yeah, but things like MACD don't work. He goes, no, they don't work. They don't work often enough. They don't work. This is why we're going to look at multiple indicators, not just one. And we're not going to use them the way textbooks do. So what he said is we'll look at that. We'll look at stochastic. We'll look at RSI. And we'll look to see are they flat to rising. No textbook ever says that. The reason is if it's flat to rising, then it's not late, which is what most of these indicators are. And it's not early, which is what most of these indicators are. And we can't look at one. We've got to look at multiple indicators, multiple time frames. Okay, are they flat to rising? That's what flat to rising means. There's a picture. Flat to rising for a long trade. I said, okay, that's the first bit. Multiple indicators, not the way the textbooks use them. Okay, so I can understand that. We're looking for momentum. Multiple indicators gives us confirmation, gives us multiple confirmations. Okay. And the second bit was multiple time frames. So they do it on different time frames. So that gives us yet more concentration. We're filtering filtration. It's like you put a whole load of dirty trades in and you filter. Has that met the criteria of multiple indicators, this indicator, that indicator, this indicator, on this time frame, the next time frame, the next time frame. And if they haven't, then you get rid of them. So you're going to get rid of a whole load of rubbish trades and probably some good ones as well. But as long as you're left with only fairly good ones, that's fine. And that's what the filtration process is. And that's why it's incredibly important. That's how you filter for quality. But that's not all, remember. That's not enough. Multiple indicators, multiple time frames is not enough to get us, whoops, uh, to get us there. The other thing we needed, I'm going to show you the picture, was PC and PR. So what the hell's PC and PR? PC is price confirmation, a two-period high we found because money is then going in the direction of the trade. People are putting their money where the, the cleverest people in the room. Let's assume we're the cleverest people in the room. We have all this theory. But if the money doesn't go there and the price doesn't make it at least a two-period high, then we're buggered. So price confirmation. The final thing, which you don't need to worry about, which we now use more of, is pattern recognition. We look for the previous 20 periods and we create a library of pattern recognition using Microsoft Azure's AI system. But you don't need to worry about that because you're not going to do that. And it makes a nice marginal difference for us and, and we like it. Um, makes us feel clever as well. Okay, but those pattern libraries, you know, if we get something showing up on there, which looks really similar to a previous one, all the other things that we think, oh, oh, really like that one. Um, so anyway, uh, look, I don't know who SpreadX are. I've never used them. I'm not recommending them. But one of the books I wrote, uh, we had this data in there uh, and we found this. So, so I know why you're here. You all want to be there. Average profit of top 100 SpreadX traders. I'm not saying they're all used momentum training. What I'm saying is, no, that's not what we're going for. The difference between rich and poor for most people and where I want you to start because you're learning a new skill is the ambition to get an extra 500 a month, whether it's 500 pounds or $500, because that's the difference between paying down your credit card debt, rent, mortgage, and not, okay? And because all trading is risky and because 70% lose money, you shouldn't even be starting with any capital and it should be a demo account. Then 500 a month, once you consistently make that, some months you make more, some months you make less. So it evens out and it becomes consistently 500. Some months you make 1,000, some months you make nothing. Okay, then you can increase. So if you can make 500, you can make 1,000. That's the sensible way to go about it. Don't be lured by these kinds of massive figures. Scan for 15 minutes a day. I'll show you the technology we use in a second and you can download it. Give me one second. Uh, and also the freebies I'm going to give you. Uh, 12 to 20 products. Now on screen, I've not put 12 to 20. 4, 8, 12. I have actually. I've put 12. Um, the reason I didn't put loads and loads out here is uh, simply because it'll crowd up the screen. That was PayPal. Not bad. Great. Fantastic. Right? 
lovely. Now you might say, well, that's bloody obvious. Any idiot could have seen PayPal's going to go up. Yeah, sure. I like to have confirmation as an idiot that I am uh, when that happens. Okay, so that was fine. Now you might say, wait a minute, Arpish, I happen to know you've got a long-term position in PayPal. Yeah, I'm trading. Whatever I've got long-term position is irrelevant when I'm trading. It also gives me that added return that I want uh, uh, beyond and above that. And look, I've got a long-term position in Apple, but trading Apple is irrelevant to that in a way. In fact, I love it when Apple falls because I make short-term gains knowing that long-term it's going to go up. So I win on both sides, hedge, as in the word hedge fund. So that one from the 1st of July, so a week ago, great. Thank you, Apple, for that. Uh, 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 and look, we didn't get in at the bottom. Just didn't. You might say, oh, you could have done if you did Japanese candlesticks. That's a hanging man, inverse deep river bonsai, you know. And I'll go, oh, right, okay. Uh, but I didn't, all right, um, as well. So that's what I'd say. You only need one screen. All those Muppets showing you 15 screens just so you feel a big man. Screens cost £100 on Amazon if you really want to feel big. Uh, one trade per day, quality, please. One quality trade. Or, as Tony said, dummy accounts then try practice with more than one trade. I don't mind how many trades you do if it's a dummy account, as long as you're learning. But with live accounts, please only one trade a day, one quality trade. 20 trades per month, that's it. So let me show you the maths on it. And by the way, I want you to remember this. It's not whether you're right or wrong, it's how much money you make when you're right. This is what people don't get. They're always focused on being right. Actually, it's about adding to winners, which helps you make the money and not adding to losers. Uh, put another way, as Bill Lipschutz, that guy put it, if you're waiting to be right 80% of the time, you'll never make it as a trader. I want to share this other statistic with you. Percentage of profitable traders uh, grouped by average uh, trading equity. If you've got uh, $1,000 to $5,000, only 29% were profitable because they were basically getting margin called out. If they had over 10K, 43% were profitable. So, ooh, that's interesting. You know why only 34% uh, of people were profitable with most brokers? Because most broker accounts are about that size or that size. Okay you're almost at 50% chance of being profitable if you've got more than 10K. Why? Because you're not going to get wiped out by doing silly trades. Uh, Havindra, I'll mention that. Uh, I'll answer your question in just a second. I know I've got a time deadline to try and finish this in uh, 60 minutes. So I'm going to show you how to download the, the, the tools we use in a second, okay? Uh, so stay with me for five more minutes. Uh, keep that as, take a photo of this, all right? That's average gains, that's average loss. You'll notice retail clients lose on every single currency pair. Like I said, 70% lose money. So obviously they're going to lose on everything. But the chances are they're going to do better on some than others. I found in my experience, but take this with a pinch of salt if you wish, that minor currencies versus minor or major versus minor is better than trying to trade, trade major versus major currencies. The major currencies are sterling, euro, uh, Japanese yen, and the US dollar. Everything else is minor. So I found avoid major versus major. I'm not saying I necessarily do, but then again, I've been doing this for a long time, so I should hopefully be able to handle it. Uh, okay, Bill Dipschitz, by the way, never made money make, uh, trading cable. He admitted it. Then again, he could afford to admit it. Quality trades, quality trades, okay? So I want to close off with the business plan and downloading things. So what's the business plan? You know, is this, oh, by the way, that's my mum. Always makes an honorable visit in my webinars. And that's me. Do not ask me why Prince Charles is bowing down to me. <coughs> Uh, how much money can you make? Is it for you, right? Because you need to know how much money you can make to decide if it's for you or not. So let's throw through a quick business plan because you really need to know if it's worth it. And then I'll show you the download link if you want to download the technology we've created so you can replicate this at home. Maximum loss, 1% total capital. Let's say, this is what Bill Lipschitz gets to me. Okay, he said to me, okay, let's run through a business plan, Alpesh. Okay, let's say you're going to say 1% of your capital is most you'll lose on any one trade. And let's assume, not today, but in the future, as part of your business, this could be your entrepreneurial side gig, this is where you leave your job or whatever. Okay, eventually, that's the dream. Total capital you have is £20,000. You don't have it now, but you might have it eventually. Okay, because that's what a business plan is, is should I start the journey today? Because is it worth where the destination is leading me. Let's say, therefore, your maximum loss per trade is 200 pounds because 1% of 20,000 is 200. The win-loss ratio, we assumed, and it's over-optimistic, so I'll not ratchet it down in a second, is you win 60 out of 100 trades. A coin is 50-50, so, you know, 60 out of 100. So your average loss is 200 pounds. Now, winners add to winners, so our average win is going to be bigger, 300 pounds, uh, uh, because otherwise we don't do the strategy, and our strategy is to add to winners so we get more wins. 100 trades... That means, and I said to Bill, and we're writing this down when I'm at university, and I'm interviewing him for the book, I'm like, whoa, Bill, call my parents, I want to leave university. 60 times 200 pounds in profits, I make 18 grand? He said, hang on, you'll make 40 times 200 pounds, 8 grand in losses. I said, hang on, that doesn't matter. 
that means I've got £10,000 profit per 100 trades. I was like doing somersaults. I said, I want to leave university. Now imagine Indian was going to be a lawyer, okay, telling parents not going to finish university and not going to be a lawyer, going to be something called a trader. Okay, so Bill said, calm down, Alpesh, uh, and taught me out of leaving and getting my qualification. So he did the right thing. I said, no, Bill, look at the numbers. I could be a day trader. I'll do 100 trades per week. Why not? I'll sit there in my underpants eating nachos all day long. Uh, it's 50 weeks in a year because the other two weeks I'll be in my yacht on, you know, or whatever, Ferrari, whatever TikTok people, Instagram people are on. That's what I'll do, Bill. Uh, and he slapped me and he said, calm down. I said, but no, that's 5,000 trades per annum. 5,000 trades per annum at 10,000 pounds per 100 trades. That's half a million pounds. Yay. And he said, no, don't be stupid. Calm down, Alpesh. I know what you're all thinking, and you should. Alpesh, we're not going to make 90% of that. We're not going to do three quarters of that. We are not going to do a third of that or even a half or a quarter or even a fifth or even 15%. Okay, let's assume we did just 10% of these over-optimistic numbers. If we did 10%, that'd be 50K. But that's still too over-optimistic. Even 10% of this business plan is over-optimistic because... I said our goal is 500 to 1K per month, 500 to 1K per month. If our goal is 500 to 1K per month, then even that's more over-optimistic. So he said, now let's ratchet it down. You're not going to do 100 trades a week. You're not going to give up your day job, all of you listening. Okay, what you're going to do instead is keep your day job, he told me. So you'll be a day jobber. Do 100 trades every six months. You know what that is? One a day. Or you might batch them into five a week, one a day or five a week. That's what I recommend for you. Please write that down, okay? Please write that down. Thank you, Marguerite. Uh, 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 Mohammed, book that teaches you the strategy? No, this webinar does. I've, I've put everything together into this uh, webinar, so it's on video. You got it better than a book. Uh, okay, day job at 100 trades per six months, but I'll give you the software tools in a second, so you don't need to do it manually if you don't want. If you want to do it manually, you can, but it, um, we therefore created the software to automate it. For you or at least give you not automate it you still place the trades with the broker of your choice but actually to show you what we're looking at so you can look over our shoulders and do as you wish uh, uh with that information and, and and trade it as you wish so take an amazon you'll see okay is what Albus is looking at um and we share with you on our telegram channel what we're looking at you might say well wait a minute if you tell us won't we trade against you seriously unless you're worth billions and why would you go against the trend surely you want to go on the back of it like everybody else unless you're worth trillions and just like annoying people uh okay so 100 trades per six months 200 trades per annum that becomes twenty thousand. that's four percent of the business plan isn't that a good business plan where if you hit four percent you're still actually almost double your target. That's good. That leaves a lot of margin for error. All good business plans should leave margin for error. So when Bill showed me this, I said, wait a minute, Bill, why isn't everybody rich then? If these numbers are accurate, why isn't everybody rich? I mean, we took an over-optimistic business plan. We we took 10% of it, and then we took 4% uh, of it. And then we said, hey, we only need to hit about 1.8% of it to hit our goals. Why isn't everybody rich? And he said, there are three reasons for failure, bad teachers, bad mentors, bad strategies. So let's get to strategies. Okay, what's the strategy then that I explained? We're doing 100 trades per month, 200 trades per annum. There's my mom again. Okay, 20,000 pounds per annum. No, it's not. Our goal is, remember, 1K per month, right? Why so boring, Alpesh? Why so cautious? Because if you drive too fast, you will crash. Learn slowly, learn the skill, then put your foot on the pedal and increase the capital, right? Momentum is that guy, remember? We're just going to ride, remember? Price closes near the high. Price closes near that. By the way, you don't want to calculate this yourself. Free tools will do it for you, and you don't want to calculate yourself because that's the maths behind it. We don't calculate ourselves. We have tools that do it. We don't even calculate uh, the other stuff. So if you want it done for you, we can. But I'm saying you, whether you use us or not, please make sure losers add to losers, voltage based stop loss, voltage based position sizing, adding to winners, multiple indicators, multiple time frames. Okay, uh, price confirmation, please do that yourself, all right? Okay, that's that's what, so what we did is program that into there. And then it wasn't my idea. Um, a guy at Barclays said, why do you not uh, make this FinTech available, this financial technology available? This could be a billion dollar company because you can make it available. Look at how financial technology companies are doing. So 
that's what was my idea. That's my ambition. And that's what we've been working towards. And I think we're getting there. I think we're going to get there. We're going to get um, venture capital investment into it. If you want to be a part of it, I'll explain that in a second. So I've showed you all of this, okay, and explained what we do. Whether you follow me or not, make sure you do the same. Multiple indicators, multiple timeframes for the reasons I mentioned. We used to keep it more complicated, but we don't. We've simplified it. Like exiting a buy was we used to put pink arrows and red arrows. Now we just have red arrow, red crosses rather. Uh, if you're at your screen, if you're not, then the step trading stop loss would get you out. You can use any broker, broker independent. We wanted to keep it broker independent so people wouldn't have to be with a specific broker. What we avoid is we don't get in too early, we don't get in too late. Those are the two major problems why people lose money. That's all it is. You're either getting in too early or you're getting in too late. That's all it is. Think about it. It's all it can be, okay, on your entry. There's only two things it can be. You're in too early or too late. We get in through a window of opportunity. Now, I'll tell you what I mean by window of opportunity. You don't have to be sitting by your screen. And yes, you can have alerts sent to your phone, but I don't recommend it. I'd rather you scan the screen to see if there's a, a signal at the time of entry. That's what I think works out better. So see, the price is still near the entry. So there's ample time to get in. There's ample time to get in. That's because that's how the market is. That's how the market is, okay? Uh, there's ample time to get in. The people who get into trading, and it's been the case since, my God, that came out 22 years ago, trading online and became an international bestseller for me, thanks to the Financial Time Publishing. The people getting onto trading online is increasing even more. So that's some of the people who come to my talks and use what I'm showing you. Increasingly, side gig entrepreneurs, that didn't exist as a term 20 years ago, uh, and business owners. Uh, so it's good. I developed this when I was at university. That's me, last exam, red carnation. Perfected the strategy, won awards, okay, for my trading and investing, as you will know. That's me on the front cover of the business section of the Financial Times, which I was top 50 forecaster. The FT then, when I won a competition in there to forecast the market, said, would you like to write a book? And I said, hell yeah, I would. I want the profile, because then I, what would you do if you won a competition? You want to set up a hedge fund? So that helped me raise the profile. Thanks to the, they then said, do you want a weekly column? Bloomberg said, do you want a weekly show? Twice weekly show, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, that's me winning that competition, okay, up there. Uh, and then I set up the fund. Uh, it cost about a million dollars to set up the fund. Merrill Lynch HSBC kindly uh, paid for some of that money. That went into it. That's me at the first set of offices, lots of hair. And uh, I'll show you how to download it in a second. Just give me a second. Uh <laughs>